Riverside. everybody hope everyone is doing fine and well and splendid this is your counterpart a half of a whole chase bank at your service here at it's not canon and the other half of the whole which makes the entire whole we have Jelani fine ryan how you doing i feel like there's a better way of saying that through uh, an old stepbrother's quote but i can't remember it um but we'll go with that that sounds good how you doing today, sir? okay you know, I was thinking fractions as I was coming out and saying, I'm like, yeah, half and half whole. You know, I got a random ass, uh, um, um, what do you call those things? Oh my goodness, I am losing track of thought today. It's like it's a, a, it's a Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. <laughs> well, wow, as you, you think, it? as you think about that, um, since you're now starting to get into professional wrestling things to me in my uh, big mouth, um, have you ever seen the Steiner math promo? I have not. I will send you that to you because it will make more sense to why I uh, was relating to what you just said to Steiner Math right now. So, Please do. I'm yeah. Any, if anyone has never seen Rick, uh, Scott Steiner doing his Steiner Math in uh, TNA Impact in a promo, I highly recommend it because his math does not add up and it's hilarious. The math isn't mathing. You know, I think it's completely total to 133%. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was, I don't know. I really don't believe he did it on purpose because I, I just don't think the Steiners are that smart. But um, it, it's a uh, pro wrestling lovely feature uh, that people would go back to every often. So it's actually called Steiner Math because of how bad it was. So, Sheesh. Yeah. Uh, but I'll send you the promo. Please um, do. I would like to watch. Okay. <laughs> so right. today, so today, sir, do you want to kick us off and tell us what we'll be uh, discussing with uh, the masses? Yes, 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 yes. For everyone who is listening, um, we're just going to give you a nice heads up. It might be a little bit more on the serious side today. We are going to discuss mental health and more or less the realms of men's mental health. And uh, I have a lot of questions for us to be prepared about, you know, some of our experiences of what has helped us. Or what I could say, I personally have reached out to for assistance when dealing with some of the, um, I will say, trials and tribulations that I have encountered within the past, these last, man, what was it, three, four years, I would say, um, of when I felt as if like my mental was really, really tested. Um, I'll tell you one thing, everybody who's listening, bend, but do not break. Stay strong. <laughs> what doesn't kill you only makes you stronker. I'm not, <laughs> I say that jokingly, but I'm really, really serious. Um, if, so, if you don't mind, I, I want to drop one word, one words, word of wisdom that was provided to me last year through some of my tribal, tribals and tribulations. Um, for the people that are semi-religious or even religious enough, um, the Lord does not give you more than you can handle. Hey, look, man, I love me some Jesus. Don't get me started. Okay. <laughs> That's why I said it. I knew you would like it the most. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, again, like I mentioned, we'll go through like a few of the questions that I have listed here. Hopefully for anybody who is going through something on their end, 
you know, a lot of it you don't necessarily have to voice out, but a lot of what we talk about today, I hope it does help you. And if you need any help, be sure to reach out. Uh, we are going to list out, uh, I know of two sites off the top of my head that uh, we can attach to the bio whenever we list out some of the episodes or places you can go if you do need therapy or someone to reach out to. Please feel free to do so. Go get help if you need help. And specifically for men and men's mental health, it is okay if you're not okay. It's all right to reach out to talk to somebody. If you got to cry, you just got to cry. <laughs> Whatever you got to do, go get your help. No one's going to take care of you like you're going to take care of yourself. And I guess we can start here is... Um, Ryan, what do you define as mental health? And I can define it and I can also put up some of the things that I found about it. That's a very good question. Um, I think mental health is, um, it, it can come from a personal level. I think it comes from different things. Um, it comes from how, how you handle your stress, how you handle anxiety, what's causing that. Um, I feel mental health is shaped by the, the trials and tribulations that we face. Um, and how we handle those moments. Um, get a good example um, would be death and birth of children and death of family members. I should have guessed I phrased that. Um, stress of a new job. A pandemic would probably be a great way of looking at them. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting ready to give you some good segues. Uh, relationship, drama, um, feeling of loneliness. Um and truthfully, there is a piece of it that, and I, I want to make sure we, we we say this, that we some of us were raised in a direction that it's not okay to discuss these type of things, aka me. Um, it's, I mean, one of the things I uh, was learned from my father was when he was 13, his, his he lost his father and his uncle came up to him and said, you know, more crying because he was crying at the coffin and said no more crying you're the man in the family now men don't cry and my dad did not cry until the day his mother died when he was in his 50s so um those type of things take toll so um things that have been taught to us could affect our mental health um things that we see can affect our mental health uh definitely things that we're a part of that we don't want to be a part of could affect our mental health and as grown men sometimes we might have a hard way of communicating those mental health issues or realizing that we have issues. Um, and I'm hoping that when we go through some of this today, you guys will hear that, hey, not everyone's perfect. Um, hey, that resonates with me. Hey, I may feel the same way. Maybe I should talk to someone or maybe I should just kind of sit down with a bro and uh, have a conversation. Yeah, and definitely uh, for our, any of our uh, female listeners, you know, we're not shying away from you either or um, anyone who is non-binary. Of course, we're not shying away from you either. We're just coming from our, our perspective on things because we feel as if, like, when it comes to expressing our emotions, uh, us as defined men, it is sometimes that barrier of where we came from. It was, like you said, you don't cry, you don't show emotion. Whatever you're dealing with that's in front of you, you just take it with a Coke and a smile. And if it slaps you in the face, you just got to take the smile, the slap, and the Coke and keep it moving, you know? So me personally, I'll, I have to say I did not, I was ignorant to the fact of what mental health really was before I actually had to deal with it or before I would say it really hit me 
So I I, I I used to see people talk about it and how they struggle with this, that, and the third, or specifically with two basketball players that I could think of off the top of my head, who um, whose names are DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love, how they mentioned how they they had depression and mental health and anxiety issues, and also Dak Prescott. That's who brought that up to me. And how they had issues and problems with just internalizing or really expressing it. Me personally, I've always felt like, how's a millionaire have mental health issues? I mean, pressure gets harder every level, right, man? (laughs) I get that. But my opinion was, man, they got millions and millions and millions of dollars. How can they really sit here and be stressed about something? Like, can't you just like buy a massage or something? But <laughs> I just figured, like, you know, like you could do something. Like, somebody will be accessible to you in some way, shape, form. But the more you know, I actually encountered it myself. The more I realized that one, money can't buy you everything. You know, and and, and as I'm pretty sure a lot of people, a lot of us know, and a lot of what you really do encounter in life money doesn't buy you happiness it does not buy you happiness it does not buy you happiness just because someone's want to offer you a nice amount of salary or whatever to take another role or take on some more responsibility everything that glitters isn't gold it's all about the value and if you truly value yourself and I can contest to that. I, I worked industries that I thought, well, I'm making really good money doing this. I, I should be happy because I'm providing. But I was miserable, man. I mean, what we do on the side of this, because this ain't our full-time gig, people. We, we're just starting out. That makes me feel a little bit more closer to happy than I have been in a long time with a career. And it's because I feel like I have a purpose. I feel like I, you know, I have something that I can look to. But the things prior to that, I was making money, um, but I was not happy, and I, I now look towards, and it, it took me a while. I mean, I'm, I'm not the brightest uh, brightest pencil or what is it, the sharpest pencil in the, in the box, so I, I looked at it as money is what I need to make myself happy, and then after bouts of bouts of trying to um, find happiness in, a, in two different industries that I just, I just couldn't find it, I, I realized that, man, I just need to figure out what I like what I want out of a, a career. And if the money is somewhat decent that I can survive all my bills, maybe I'll be more happy. And I mean, we both work from, from home full time and it gives us a lot more freedom than on the, the job that we do uh, to, in order to have that family time that I desperately needed. Cause I would miss so many birthdays. I missed so many events in the industries I worked in that I, I, I miss those moments. There's things that I, in the past year, through mental health, have realized that I missed some things that I wish I didn't because I can't get those back and that person's no longer here. And now I kind of wish I did those couple things with that person prior to them passing. So, yeah. Definitely understand that one, man. So just prioritizing what <laughs> is a priority to you. I would say just put that out. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, after I actually looked this up, you were spot on with your definition of mental health from what I found. Um, I did a quick search and it was mental health was defined as it encompasses emotional, psychological and social well-being, influencing cognition, perception 
and behavior uh behavior oh wait that, that, that was a period sorry I, I ran over that one and behavior it likewise determines how an individual handles stress interpersonal relationships and decision decision making and i saw something that was common trends within men's mental health specifically and they include irritability sudden anger increased loss of control, risk-taking and aggression. Men may also be more likely to use alcohol and drugs to cope with their depression rather than talking about it. They may use um, misplaced anger as behavioral issues too, such as throwing themselves into work. Um, I, I feel like that definitely resonates um, so, 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 so well with myself, I feel like my mental health journey started, actually it started not too long after I met Ryan for all of our listeners and or viewers specifically. I don't know how I should take that, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> totally wasn't your fault. It was all of me. It was me. It was definitely me. But it happened, let's see. Okay. So random backstory before we get into this, because I just like backstories. So I was working, we, we, I've been working here. I'm not going to drop any names or anything like that, but yeah. I've been working doing what I'm doing for, what, like two years and like four months or something like that. Needless to say, before they hired on Ryan, it was myself and another individual. Then that person left. Then I was by myself. They brought Ryan on, what was that, like June or something? When, yeah, when was it was about like from, from your stature. I think it was like maybe three or four months after you were with the team. Yeah. So then three or four months after that, I end up tearing my patella tendon. And if anybody knows anything about a patella tendon, you know, that is a terrible knee injury to have. It basically is like a ligament that will connect your quad to basically everything essential within your kneecap and under it. So it's probably one of the worst knee injuries you could potentially have. So I tore that and then... Um, I, I, I feel like if you're going to give a backstory, you should tell people how you tore it because at least we can have at least one funny moment for this for this podcast today. <laughs> nah, no, 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 we're not. <laughs> Matter of fact, you know what? For all of our listeners, you keep listening. I'm gonna eventually tell this story. Hold on, I got lots on. of stories to tell. <laughs> I will tell. I will tell the story, but I will tell it in the most epic way possible. Okay. Chase, go for it. Chase was running towards a burning building, and this story's going to change multiple times. <laughs> Chase was running to a burning building to save a puppy that was in uh, in the first floor, and as he was entering the building, he he tripped, and as his knee buckled, tore the patella tendon. Okay, that's the story for today. It was a super cute dog. Let's just say it, finally... <laughs> it, it ran to my hand, it licked my palm, and I was like, yes, I'm going to save you. But needless to say, it, lots lots, and lots of therapy. Yeah, this, this is going to be the running joke going forward. Oh, <laughs> I think every week, if we start getting people asking me, how did you hear your town? I'll tell a different story every week until we tell. I'll tell the truth at one point, and no one's, one. gonna believe it. no one's gonna believe it. Like that, that was just the weakest, like weakest lie you ever told, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, a lie, weak, weak. Uh-huh, exactly. We're we're gonna keep this going. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So I tore my patella tendon, right? And I just want to express that it was a very, very long road to recovery 
And of course, as you can probably imagine, with a knee injury, you're not exactly able to just jump up and go anywhere that you please. So a lot of the things or the simple things that we take granted for in life, like, I don't know, walking outside and just walking around the block, being able to observe and really take in nature, you take that for granted. Or needing to use the bathroom in the middle of the night and needing help from your spouse to get up and do so. By the way, major shout out to my wife. She was absolutely great. Like that woman is a true survivor, a true warrior, true. Yo, I love her to death. So there's nothing I can ever do to repay her in money and cash. I just got to pay her off with it being an indentured servant, so to say. I'll put it like that. Um, But yeah, uh, a lot. It started there. So with me really not being able to do anything, I had to sit here and watch her do everything for this house clean. She cooked. She had to walk the dog, like laundry, all the little minds, every single thing. I literally just had to sit there and watch her do it. Now, me personally, I'm I'm, I'm wired differently. I, I, I can't just sit here and watch my wife do everything. Like I come from a home where my dad, uh, the military family, basically, my dad, he was in Marines. You know, my mom, she was a home mom. Like my dad took care of the home and my mom took care of us. So I, I, I sat there and like I used to watch my dad literally cut the grass, everything manly, so to say, I guess you could put it like that, whatever. Manly, my dad did that. So being able to sit there and watch my wife have to do, take on basically dual roles to make sure we stayed afloat like that, it, 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 just, it just really bothered me. Not to mention, at work, I just do, I feel like I was under the most stress ever, like, it, 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 I don't know, man. I just feel like I didn't get a break. I just kept getting clients who were uncompromising. Everybody always has something to say, issues. Some it, it was just never nice. Never to be good. Fair, that was probably our one of our busiest times at our our real job. It was, <laughs> and just watching that and observing that, or watching her, so to say, it just hit my mental to say, like, am I really not worth anything? So I started having like this self doubt. Then it turned into a depression because I felt like I wasn't worth anything. I couldn't get up. I couldn't help. Then um, even with work, like it, it was just you know I I had to like I don't know do like breathing exercises before I even turned on my laptop and looked at my emails because I just felt as if like all right what's wrong today? What do I got to what what fire has got to put out? It just felt like nothing was going in my favor. Then when I finally started to like turn the curve a little bit with getting better with my left knee, I was going to rehab. And, you know, of course, while doing so, they tell you to do certain exercises at home. So while I was exercising at home, I just so happened to get off the floor after doing the exercise and my right knee pops. Just like a normal pop because, you know, we're getting we're in our 30s now. So some of our listeners, let me tell you. Once you hit a certain age, certain certain body parts are just going to pop whenever you do certain things. So, uh, you know, I was used to, like, my ankles popping a little bit, you know what I'm saying? The right knee will pop here and there. But this knee pop was a little different. This was a snack crackle, then a pop. Like, it was a pop-pop. Like, pop-pop-pop-pop-pop-pop. Like, you know, all them pops that you put, like, a, a popcorn in, in the microwave, and you hear it pop, that was, it was a pop. So, <laughs> immediately, my right knee started swelling. And I'm looking at it like, no, this this isn't normal. So I went to my physical therapist at the time, and she was like, oh, well, you probably just, I don't know, like, <sighs> ruptured it. Not ruptured it. I don't want to say it. Sprained it. 
So she had just listed me to go ahead and ice it. So I did that for a while, and still that that swelling did not go anywhere. So then I went to go see my doctor who performed a surgery on my left knee for, and he was like, "Yeah, we'll take a look at it." So did ran some tests, took an MRI here and there, and basically he told me just stay off of it for like four to five weeks and ice it. So I did that, and absolutely no change. And throughout this entire process. I just felt like nothing was getting better. Nothing was getting better. I felt like I, I was going to a deeper and deeper hole where I just felt like self-worth. What am I worth? Like, I can't do anything. And now potentially something else is wrong with my other leg. So come to find out, the doctor finally came back and told me, he was like, oh, and you know what? This, is it, 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 for, again, for our listeners, I try or tend to be the most professional person and well-spoken individual, if you ever meet me in, in, in real life. I'm in a doctor's office with my doctor, and I promise you, like, I did so much cussing in front of him. <laughs> he was like, yeah, so come to find out, there's actually a tumor, like, right under your kneecap. Ryan, I had not said that many cuss words in, like, one sentence that I could recall of at one time. And I was... I'm dumbfounded. It took my breath away. I couldn't speak. I couldn't like fathom words. Like I, I felt like that one tear just gather right here, but it couldn't go anywhere. And he said he had mentioned that it's a high percentage that it's probably a benign tumor. But again, I don't want to hear that. Like regardless, what I, you you hear tumor, and I just automatically, I just man, I, I froze. So. um You know, we we went through our time and I ended up scheduling a surgery for the right leg as well and still dealing with work. Long story short, I finally had the surgery, got the tumor out of my leg, and there are – the tumor was benign for our listeners. It, that, that was a great thing. And there is a small percentage that it could ever come back again. So, you know, fingers crossed. And, you know, if anybody's saying any prayers, they went for me that this never comes back again. But, man, that, that I feel like that was the, that, the how my journey started with my overall mental health and just really being able to understand what it was <laughs> and to really seek help because I feel like I was literally drowning. And I feel like there was no way for me to get up. And whenever I tried to get up, I was just being weighed down by something else. Took a while and got here to this point. And I'm actually able to go back to the gym now, which I'm very, very happy about. Actually working out consistently, maybe four times out the week. Um, I know that was a long fast, well, a quick fast forward, I should say. But that is how my mental health journey started. Um, Ryan, did you want to give your backstory on yours? Yeah, so just to, I don't think I covered this in episode one, but um, about a, actually the year next week, my father passed away. Um, and part of that, I always dealt with mental health into a certain level. I, I mean, not too much, but when I was uh, middle school, high school, I went through a, a route of depression. I didn't feel like I fit in. Um, 
mostly because I'm a centric type of person, I guess you can say. And uh, I struggled with that for a while. And I found my my groove um, when I got into my my 20s. I kind of started figuring out who I was more so as uh, my late 20s and being comfortable with the things that I like as a grown adult, a.k.a. comic books, a.k.a. Rick and Morty, all that stuff. Um, and as I grew up, I, I kind of felt I never really seeked help for those type of things. I, I just f- figured they were growing pains, obviously. Um, I never was really close with my parents through all that. And when I got into my mid-20s and started seeing now my wife at the time, um, my relationship with my parents grew a little better. And I, I guess my confidence started growing at the same time because everything just felt, felt like everything was coming together. I didn't feel the need to... Um, feel so down all the time and um another piece of the backstory a lot of things that chase said a few months ago about the definitions and the things that you see is me in a nutshell even to this day um one thing that i could say i have accomplished off of that is i'm no longer an alcoholic which i was i'm two years a little bit over almost three years sober because of yeah uh because i i used it as a crutch i used it to hide myself um and hide the way i felt versus um and hide some deep dark secrets that i will probably take to the grave with me um but um with some of those i those things you just you just cope or you try to cope when you don't look for help and when you went through some of that stuff i i realized a lot of that stuff defines me as a person even to this day um but what really got me into a almost depressive state again was the passing of my father. Um, I was 35, right? I think I was 35 when he passed. And um, I don't even know how old I am. I think I'm 35, uh, 36 now. <laughs> um, so when he passed, I looked at it. I really only had 10 good years with my dad that I actually felt like I was close with him. Um, I felt like he was my dad teaching me things as a young adult or even as an adult having him there. And he went so fast. And like I said before, um, my family was raised with no emotions. And when I mean, when I say that, here's a shocking little fact, uh, too, uh, too much TMI about my family. Um, we really never said I love you to each other. The first time I think I ever heard my father ever say that to me was the day that I was moving down from New Jersey to Florida, uh, to Georgia. Um, and that was the first time he said I love you. Um, and I was 27, I think. I don't know, somewhere around there. And um, it's just something that we never did. We knew we loved each other, but we never had to say it type of thing. But you realize after you're not hearing it for so long and the first time you hear it, it probably would have been more meaningful to hear a little bit here and there throughout life, right? So here I am watching my father. Now I've watched grandparents. I've watched family members suffer with uh, cancer and diseases um, and be taken from it. But watching it so close to home, someone that was there for you, just go through it and become, I don't want to say less, but he was not himself through the final month. And that's all we really had was really a month after finding out and um, watching him deteriorate as a person sits with me. There's final words that he's, there's words that he says that sits with me that I say to myself every day and I lose it. Um, and it's okay to cry. It really is. Um, I'm not going to try to do it here so I can get my words out, but, uh, um, example there, I played Miles Morales, Spider-Man the other day for the first time while I was on, on leave, spending some time with my daughter. And, um, there's a secret scene at the very end. I'm not going to spoil it for people that have that play it. I highly recommend playing it if you haven't, um, but there's a, there's a side mission at the very end of the game that, um, 
you do something with his father's memory and um it it broke me it literally broke me i was ugly crying on the couch um because of just some realizations that i realized i don't have anything to hear my father's voice anymore like i don't have any voicemails i don't have anything but throughout the past um um year it's been certain things have come certain things i had to do as an adult to take care of the family as an all weighed heavy on me and the decisions I had to make weigh heavy on me. And I'm always big on look, looking at my decisions and seeing the outcomes and seeing what I did wrong throughout them. And some of the decisions I did to support the family and help the family was affecting me as a person. I don't say I'm the most positive person. I'm the realest person that you're ever going to fucking meet. Um, I'm a, <laughs> and I, I will fucking tell you the truth straight to your face, even if you don't want to hear the truth. I don't care, but um, I don't care if it affects our friendship. If you can't handle the small things, I, I can't. I, I'm not going to bother with you. And then the reason there's other reasons for that that's affected by mental health and the way the people I surround myself with. Um, but with that, I I found myself more in a negative mood with the decisions I was making and the things I had to do. And I didn't feel like on myself. I felt disconnected from my pregnant wife. I felt disconnected from everyone I held near and dear. I felt very sheltered for months. And some things had to change. And I made those changes back in March. Um, and I felt good after those decisions. And it, did it affect other people? Yes, it affected other people because people can't, in my family, can't process the emotions that they have because this is who we are as a family. Um, but I had to make decisions that were best for, for me, for my family, the ones that I hold near and dear, which was my wife and my child, I'm child at the time. And I needed to make those decisions fast or I, I may have not had that. Um, but with all that, it sits there. I mean, we're one week away from his anniversary. We're past his birthday. His birthday was really hard for me because I was one sitting in a hospital waiting for the birth of my child, praying to a God that I don't believe in, not to have my the birth of my child be on the day of my father's birthday because I don't want her day to be soured by the loss of my father. One. Two, um, I, I, it was a rough day. Like I, I was the first one to go through, I guess, what you could, would consider a holiday, and I'm saying that in quotations for the people that don't see us, because my birthday was the first one up after the death of my father. Um, we didn't really didn't do anything for the 4th of July, so it wasn't like a, a huge deal. Um, but my birthday was the first one to come up in the family um, after his death and not have him there. And then that was followed by um, Thanksgiving, which was one of my dad's favorite holidays. And at this point, we were all together um trying to get the family through it and me being in the rock for the family when i just didn't want to be anymore like i, I was i was done with that role like i needed to grieve for him as well and i just couldn't find it like i i had to be this this the sturdy thing and then christmas his ultimate favorite holiday trying to get the family through it um with trying to find positive because that's what my father would want us to do is to try to find the positive without him and when you live within a group of negativity of people and people that only focus on negativity, you're dragged into that negativity, even if you don't want to. And it will affect your mental health. It will affect you as a person. I went from being 
funny haha Ryan, funny positive Ryan, trying to find the positive in life, just saying, fuck it, I'm just going to sit here and play video games. You guys are talking amongst yourself, just leave me out of it. And, and that's not who I try to be. I like to be alone, don't get me wrong. I like my, my peace and quiet, but I try to find, like, I, I, every day I try to give Chase something positive out of, out of what we're doing here with this. So he has something to continue to move forward on. I try to find the positivity and a crying baby in the next room right now, because right now I can't find the positive in that because I'm a new father, but there's gotta be something good out of it. Right. Um, but uh, on all of this, it, it, it took a toll on me and it, it's changed my life a lot more than people probably realize. And I'm probably more than I let on that it's okay to cry. It's okay to miss him. I, I think of the words that he says to me, said to me only to me every day. Um, I think about, how I'm going to be a father. I'm going to think about the impact of him not being here as a grandfather. I think about all those things continuously and it's hard to forget it. And I, and it's okay. You, you can, you can deal with the grief. It's, it's grief for a reason. You go through the five stages and I went through the five stages relatively quickly. Um, and then went right back into a few of them because of the negativity I was in on. But the, the, the fact that, it's okay to miss him. You're always going to miss those people that raised you that were your children. And it's okay to miss them. It's okay to never forget them. It's okay to cry 5, 10, 15 years down the line because you miss them. That means they mean something to you. And it means that you're human. It means that you're not crazy that you have these moments that you miss someone. Um, it's what you do with, with in those moments that defines how you get past that moment and can move forward. Me personally, I just sometimes go and shut a door and let it out in tears and think about what he said and try to find a way to honor what he was as a person and um, try to move forward that he gave me an opportunity at life when I should not technically be here because he, like I said, he died of cancer and it wasn't his first go around. It was number three. After the first round, they told him he was never going to have kids and boom, here I am. Um, so I try to take everything I learned from him and he made a lot of mistakes as a father, in my opinion. Um, but everyone does, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but he also made some mistakes growing up that he shed some light on to me. And then I made mistakes growing up. So I try to take all this wisdom and try to make him feel, it makes me know that if what I'm doing, he would be proud. And, and that's what I try to do every day. Um, so with all that being said, um, that's just a tidbit. I'm sure when we have more mental health conversations, I will dive into the depressive states I was in growing up and you'll find that death is a big trigger for me apparently. So, um, yeah, but yeah, go ahead, sir. I'll let you continue. Yeah. And, you know, of course, bro, thank you so much for sharing and, you know, being able to go public with that. I know that's definitely something that you had mentioned that you wanted to speak about, especially when we were putting this together. So mm-hmm. definitely a lot of powerful raw emotion you want to get out. And I think something that you said is also where I kind of want to divulge in to a little bit. You know, you mentioned how you would... Um, go into your room, go into a room and just let it all out. And, you know, that that's your way of still remembering him and some of the things that he taught you. And even the thought of him giving you life, even after 
you know, his bout with cancer and doctor telling him that he wouldn't. So uh, I hope the doorknob hit that doctor with a good Lord split him. One, <laughs> two. I mean, you got to think of medicine was not where they were in the, in the 80s as it is now. So. <laughs> you definitely got a point there. But still, yeah. I hope that doorknob hits him. <laughs> and also, you have mentioned something of like being able to choosing to move forward. You know, I, I feel like a lot of what we do in life, is, it's always our choices. We have to choose to move forward. The person we, uh, we, we, we marry, you choose to love them daily on a daily basis. You choose them. You choose to put their priorities above yours. And it's our choice to continue to move forward whenever we are down, depressed, or feeling a huge anxiety. So I, I, I wanted to ask you first if you wanted to divulge on this before I do. Yeah. What is it that you continuously choose to do when it comes to your mental health to help it? You know what's funny? You're, I want to try to make you blush, sir. I, I choose every day to talk to you. Every Aww. day. Because you are one of the most positive people I have ever met. And I try my best every day to stay positive and find something positive in the day. And sometimes... If I can get you to laugh, I know I did something positive for the day. So if I can get you to belly laugh, I know I, I, I got I got the positivity for the day. But um, it, it's really every day when I wake up, I try to just live the best I can. And I know that sounds so freaking generic, but when you when you're surrounded by negativity as long as I was, and I'm not just saying it was family, but you, you choose the friends you grow up with. But you mm. sometimes as a, as a young adult or even as a child you don't know if those friends are the best for you until you have that that ability to retrospect and look outside of yourself and divulge of into who you are and self-reflect. And I was surrounded by it all, man. I, I'm not even kidding. Like prior to even coming down here to Georgia, and Georgia was it probably was a, a more of a saving grace for me than I realized. I was surrounded by a lot of negativity, a lot of bad things, and it was my decision to be around them. But at the same time, I didn't know any better. Um, as a rebellious teen, my parents were saying, don't be with these people. But I wasn't close to my, my parents because I didn't have that best relationship with them. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go and do the bad things because I think I'm doing what I want to do. Um, so when every day I choose to literally get up and – Try to find something positive to do today. Try to find something to move my life forward in the right direction. Um, for me, this podcast, as, as much as it's getting started, I enjoy every day looking at the numbers, diving into that stuff, and seeing where we can make this show even better. Um, and I literally leave this Chromebook that I do this on next to my bed. So the first thing I pull up in the morning is pull this up and do something with it. I choose to try to be more creative every day, too, um, where, as you know, uh, I wrote a children's book on my paternity time because something just hit me and gave me an output for my creativity, and I wrote a children's book. So um, I choose every day to be live, try to live my life a little bit more positive and be more creative um, to, get, to get me to be me. You, sir, what do you do every day? Um, first and foremost, by the way, when the children's book is out, we're going to let everybody know so you can go ahead and grab that <laughs> yeah. for uh, your young ones. 
uh, just if uh, I'm looking for an illustrator, I'm trying to do this on the cheap. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> so it's very expensive. Anyone that wants to get their, their feet wet and be an illustrator, I, I have uh, an agreement that I'm trying to work out with anyone that wants to illustrate, hit, uh, hit us up um, either through the socials or uh, it's not canon show at gmail.com. I'll be happy to partner with you for illustrations for these books because I'm going to keep them coming. So. And again, that's it's not shan- it's not canon show at gmail.com, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my choice on a daily basis is I feel as if, and Ryan could tell you this and attest to this. Anytime he messages me or calls me first thing in the morning, I will always, 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 most always be certainly playing a TD Jake sermon. So I just feel as if like I get my it, it just comforts my spirit, it gets my spirit together. Because that was something I always did whenever I felt like my anxiety was at its highest. I felt like mm. it was just a sense of calm. You know, I felt that, like God was truly with me. I felt his presence. So that is my choice every single morning. Every single morning, that's what I'm doing. And also my additional um, support for mental health also is doing yoga. So I have slipped off a little bit. I only did it twice last week, I want to say. So I got to get back on it. And I will be doing it at 4 p.m. CST on the dot today. Okay, 4.15. But, you know. <laughs> Push it a little bit later, sir. I think you'll be looking. Uh, oh, 4, 4 p.m. CST. Never mind. You're good. You're good. Never yeah, mind. yeah. See, okay. <laughs> time change. Time difference. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. So <laughs> I do yoga routinely. Well, I need to get better with it. I don't need no judgment. I'm doing, hey, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> hey. I was all big on DDPY. If no one has ever tried DDPY, try yes. it. It's, uh, it's a great thing. If And also, before I let you continue, with that, he also wrote a book that's very positive and uplifting, and it helped me through a lot of mental health as well. So have, have a look for uh, Diamond Dallas Page's book as well. Oh, yes, yes. Own it. Yeah. Definitely. He talks about owning it a lot. So whatever yeah. it is in life, own it. If it is, you know, one thing I did take from listening to his book as well, when it came to anxiety, specifically with me, I would say to myself, own it, like own the energy. If you feel like certain levels of anxiousness is, is arising, use that energy and put it towards a positive focus that you could direct that energy. That way, you know, people will feel specifically what you're saying. They could feel your passion. They could, if you're a musician, they could feel your, uh, they could feel the soul that you're putting into your music. If you're an uh, uh, athlete, they could feel, they could see and feel the passion that you're playing with. So whatever the energy is that you have, use it and own it. Um. Oh, and the last choice that I make is continuously going to the gym and lifting. I am huge on lifting. I'm not a power lifter by any means, and I'm certainly not now with these knees, but. You know, I will routinely go just to make sure, you know, I, I get my lift in because I just like the way muscles look like it feels great. You know, I know I still got this little little, little gut that I got to work on, but that's fine. But, you know, it's 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 a great feeling that you just get afterwards. You know, I'm just whatever. If you are feeling any, any anger or anything like that, man, just go lift some weights. I promise you by the end of that walk on the treadmill, you'll be feeling great. And also it's a positive for your body. And it's not anything that's damaging to your body, like alcohol or smoking, any form of substance. By all means, do something that positively benefits the body. And, you know, we were talking about our choices and how they could 
either negatively or positively impact you. And I just wanted to say that when you're looking to positively influence yourself, you you could do this in stages. And I don't know why I just wrote this down, but even with what we're doing today, the way I take it is if you win a second, you win the minute. If you win the minute, you win the day. If you win the day, you win the week. If you win the week, you win the month. If you win the month, you will win the year. And you go on, so on and so forth. Needless what I'm saying is choose to be your better self. Now, we all we, we, we don't have to discuss about what's your better self versus your negative self, because we could definitely talk about that in a later episode. <laughs> but continue to win. It doesn't necessarily have to be you getting over on somebody else. But when take your mental wins, take your physical wins, just continue to win and accumulate those wins over time. That way you continue to build on the foundation that you have already put together. And uh, speaking of building on, on something that you could put together, I would say or what we could transition to is, Ryan, yep. what would you tell your past self right now? Don't worry about what people think of you. Mm. Um, I think if we're talking about me from jumping into middle school, don't worry about what people think of you. Be be yourself. Be proud of who you are. Um, and don't try to change for others. Um, yeah. Because I think a lot of a lot of my issues always will come from trying to at that time in life trying to be this person that i was not comfortable being but i needed to be so i felt like i had self-worth and my self-worth as defined was defined by trying to be a person that i wasn't um and hiding who i really was as a person of hey man i love comic books i loved action figures i loved uh um, just being in my imaginary brain and here you are in middle school trying to juggle or even high school trying to hide the fact that you use your imagination to create these worlds because one, it's an escape Two, you want to be a writer. <laughs> like You wanted to write comic books and, and you're hiding that to be like this tough kid that um, no one should mess with or being the outsider no one should talk to or trying to be the popular kid be like i am in th- I, anytime i see there's this kid that um gets off the school bus over here by me and i've only lived in this community now for two months and i've only seen this kid three different times and every time i see this kid this kid has a different hair color and i just look at him like i know i know now that's pretty pretty rad that's like people do that right but that wouldn't have survived back in our day when we were in school. People were like, why are you doing that? I, I yeah. wish I had that confidence. I mean, yeah, it's the new norm now. But we're not talking about the height, like the pink hairs or the orange hairs. We're talking this kid had bright green with like some like red stripes through it. I thought that was the coolest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and he dresses like like what he wants to dress as, which to us would probably consider in the 90s, late 2000s, or early 2000s, gothic-esque emo. Mm-hmm. And, and he rocks it and you can tell he just enjoys who he is and i wish i had that confidence at his age because i think i would be a different person than i am now yeah. um so yeah i would just tell myself don't worry about what people think just be you and be happy with who you are you I sir definitely, definitely agree with that one um i would definitely say it's okay to be different 
because I just really felt like um, my perspective growing up is like if you you just had to fit in, you know, that was like a major thing. Like you just had to be the cool kid. You just had to have your own group. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I felt like I did, I just never really, especially in high school, I just felt like I never really fit in to anybody's standard because I didn't. And, you know, that was the, the, the guy on the street. I just didn't. And reason being is because I had an older brother who I used to try to mimic and be around all the time. So the kids around me, I felt like I was way more mature than them. But at the same time, I wasn't in the grade with my brother. So I had to learn how to, I guess, associate with myself with my peers, where, again, we were basically speaking two separate languages. And I just didn't have, uh, I don't know, anybody that was truly around me at the time that I felt like, well, I had one or two friends, I would say. But that really, really got me. And, you know, even growing up, I felt like those one or two friends, they didn't fully get me, you know, mm-hmm. specifically because um, there were certain things that we got along with. But truly, like, I, I knew I was weird as a kid. I like video games. I like to watch wrestling, you know, sat in church all day. Like, no one else could attest to that. Like, the only well, family trips we would take would be to go see my grandmother, who used to be in... uh Eudora, Arkansas, and that was like our road trip. That was our vacation. I used to hear everybody else talk about what they did, and I was like, well, that's, that's not us. Like, my parents, did, well, my dad specifically, he picked cotton, literally. Like, I just feel like there people really didn't get me, and I was truly okay with, you know, looking back at it, I would say I'm truly okay with that. It's okay to be different because mm-hmm. I'm a late bloomer, and I'm proud of it. Surely proud of it because I used to see all these people that you know that were truly themselves in high school and did this, that, and the third. But that's as high as it went for some of them. And this isn't any shade to anybody at all. You know, it's just I appreciate you all for ever calling me weird or saying whatever you said about me. It made me to who I am today. I'm damn proud of that. So truly, 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 it's okay to be different, and I dare anybody to be different. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, I, I look back, and I, I, I'm not like I said, not on the social media so much, but I, 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 my wife is, and she shows me things of people that I used to hang out with that, you know, would call me weird or say I want to be better than you, and their lives are exactly kind of what I expected them to be, where they're still not happy with who they are as people, and I feel sorry for them because. Am, am I a little gloating, like, ha, 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 look where I am? A little bit. I mean, everyone's going to do that. But I do feel sorry for them because everyone in my mind deserves their piece of happiness, minus yeah. maybe three or four people. We'll discuss them on a, on a list, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but on, on the, the sheer fact that these people, they they had these, like, they, everyone thought everyone was together. Not every People forget. People put masks on to hide who they truly are, even at that age. So you may have the most toughest of tough jocks playing football as quarterback, but you don't know what they're going through. And they, they may be making fun of you, but the one thing I learned in high school, and I think this is why a lot of people didn't like me, is when people would start coming at me for something, uh, I literally would say, what's going on at home? Mm-hmm. And that would just – I might get punched in my face, but that opened a wound for them that they all of a sudden went super quiet. It's there, There's something going on, right? Um, so that just kind of keep in mind, but brace your weirdness, brace who you are. I mean, this whole podcast is because you've got two weird guys here talking about shit throughout the whole day of their, their work life and said, you know, we should just record these things. 
and we talk about comic books, we talk about Rick and Morty, we talk about our own creative output that we want to do. Um, we're in our 30s talking about that. Could you imagine if I met Chase back in the 20s, what we could be potentially have done together because we were two creative souls? I, I mean, like I said, embrace your weirdness. That That's the biggest thing you can take away from it. Everyone, I, I think more people are, and you can see that with more creative things, but what I do see a lot of on social media is people acting exactly as the other person because that's what got them the most views. No, be different. Exactly. Be, be different. There's nothing wrong with being different. If every if the whole world was filled with one same person, we would be Agent Smith from freaking Matrix, and then I'll be worried that we're in the freaking Matrix. So <laughs> you said that the episode of Fairly Odd Parents came into my mind when Timmy wished everybody was the exact same and everybody was a gray blob. Right, right. <laughs> then he found like a pink hat to put on, and everybody <laughs> crucified him for being different. Yeah, and it's dude, funny. The first thing that popped in my head was the Family Guy episode where uh, he turned everyone into Robin Williams. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that episode. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Just be different. I mean, look. The most creative people are typically the happiest people. Even if you're not creative, it, even if you're just defined by who you are and 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 appreciate who you are and what you do and what you're about. Certainly. You're gonna be happy. I, I look at me me now to who I was in my mid twenties. I'm happier because of the people I surround myself with. I have a best friend that pushes me to be better, and I hope I push him to be better because that's the way that him and I work together when we work together. And then Chase, who's my other best friend, I he's my positive influence. He makes me feel more positive, and I hope I try my best to make him feel a little bit negative every day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I will say this, though. Like, I feel like it's a nice balance because – I could be too nice, and Ryan is definitely the person that puts me to say say yeah. some. Uh, no, forget that person in some very <laughs> different, colorful context. Yeah, it's it, it's not forget. It is the most creative curse words I can think of to, <laughs> to help him out. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, there is there's balance in every friendship, and if you have one friendship that you're most defined a friendship that doesn't push you, make you feel better, respect you or make you a better person, that's not a true friendship because you should be helping each other grow mm-hmm. versus holding each other back. And most of my friendships in my 20s were holding me back as a person, and I think I may have been holding them back. I don't know. And and mostly because most of the time I was drunk. So I can't really tell you how I was so much, but once I started moving away from that and realizing, you know, I need to find people that will push me um, or even just be there for me. And I didn't feel like I had that. Um, so highly recommend finding people that uplift you or motivate you or even just listen to you. Those, those are the friendships that you can li- rely on the most. Yeah. Also, by the way, I do have a podcast, a, a topic about friends. So we can definitely touch on that. Hell yeah. In a letter episodes. Yeah, so, absolutely. Let's do it. I know we are winding down, so mm-hmm. I, let's. Uh, I got one little last quick thing. Well, two, mm-hmm. and I would say the first one was after everything that you have encountered, your road to where you are today. What have you discovered about yourself? Ooh. Um, so, 
I had a job, two jobs prior to this, and I was a I was a manager for for a company. I'm not going to really go more into that, um, mm-hmm. but there was a there was a team I was working with that we had a, a manager that was um, difficult to work with and got into a lot of situations and they had us read this book and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head and it's going to bite at me for the rest of the day, but it's pretty much teaching yourself self-reflection on how you, how you act throughout the, your, your existence through the day. And one thing resonated with me at the time that when I was not happy there and people would see it in my face because I would walk down the the stretch of the hallway and I had this big frown on my face where my head was down and wasn't making eye contact. Mm -hmm. And People read that, right? So I, I've come more self-aware as a person of my flaws. And I know I'm not a perfect person. And I never will be. And I'm okay with that. Um, but what I've learned about myself so much is that these flaws are there. Um, and I can either try to improve them or I just have to live with them. And some of them, yeah, I will have to live with because the expression, you can't teach old dogs new tricks some of these flaws are those type of old, uh, those, those, those new tricks I can't overcome, but I do my best every day to, when I hear a flaw or I see something come up, um, that should, would be considered a flaw. I try to pause for a second, think through it, um, and try to, um, find a way to either cope with it or rectify it. So I don't have to deal with it anymore. Um, I Sheldon Cooper myself a lot, even though Sheldon Cooper didn't have the, uh, the wherewithal and Big Bang Theory to handle his emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when he was famous for when he did something and it was emotionally depriving in the show for the people that didn't watch, he would pause, think about what he did, and ask questions. I pretty much do that internally in my brain um, to see how I can better the situation for myself. Yeah. Um, so... I've learned that having flaws is okay. That's pretty much what it is. It's having flaws are okay. I can't be perfect. Um, and it's okay to work on them and it's okay to live with them and just admit to them that this is a flaw of mine. Yeah. Um, and if you tell that to your significant other and they may look at you and go, you're crazy, or you're going to have my type of wife that goes, okay, well, I won't put you in that type of situation anymore. I'll just do it or I'll, I'll, we'll figure it out and compromise together. So, yeah. Um, what about you, sir? True. Um, throughout all of this, I've realized that I well, I discovered about myself that I, I don't know. I used to tell myself that my superpower was the power to endure. And I've really I've said that without really intentionally understanding what I was saying to myself. So I really feel as if my superpower is the power to endure. Like for anyone who doesn't know, that's to remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding. And I feel like the without yielding portion was the most important piece that spec that spoke out without yielding, being able to understand what's coming at me or being, I don't know, hit by Mike Tyson, but I have a very resilient spirit and soul and I don't care what it is, man. I just will not quit. I don't give up. I am excessively determined. I've discovered that I do not quit. Yeah, that, that is that is a good trait to have, sir. Definitely. That hey, I might not be able to make you a house from from scratch or like build something like that, but I can promise you, whatever it is that I figure out or I find out what I need to do, I will not quit. Will not quit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean. You can definitely put at least one nail in. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I can do one. I can do one. I can get you one. And a little screw, you know. Like, hey, I, got, I got you. I got you. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can definitely stock the refrigerator. <laughs> oh, excessively. It'll be it'll look great. It'll look great. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure these conversations will happen. We're probably going to make this some type of series throughout the the podcast because these things are ever waving. We never even got a chance to discuss like the one big thing that caused a lot of people to go through mental health. And that was the pandemic that we just hit. So be on the lookout for more of these. We, we will put um, the links into the bios for the episode for that chase has. Um, And if there's something that you want to talk about on this podcast, feel free to send us a message at it's not canon show at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. Um, as always, we want to thank you guys again for um, the continued support and downloading and listening and streaming these things. We do see the numbers growing. It's making us happy and giving us some positivity that we feel like there's more of us out there that want to listen to this. So again, oh. thank you. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Be on the lookout for our YouTube channel. Uh, uh, imploding with new content in the next month or so. Um, and as always, Chase, want to say goodbye to everyone? I do. And oh, wait, just one quick, one quick yeah, second. Yeah, do, do what you do. I feel like I, we never really divulged of what is not canon. Did we get into it? Like the whole canon thing? Like, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll it's funny. Cause I, I, uh, one of, uh, one of our peers asked us for the link to the, our show and I went to Google search it and I got the definition first. So let me, uh, if you don't mind, I will read the definition of what it's not canon is. Um, uh, because I feel like people may not know what that means. It's not canon is the words used by those in writing fan fiction. It refers to idea, storyline or painting uh, or pairing, et cetera. That was not promoted in the original work of the fan fiction. In other words, it's a sub story. It's a multiversal story that may not be part of it. And why we call ourselves, it's not canon is because every week we do something different. It's not going to be the same thing over and over again and it covers everything that chase and i and the bros that we'll be introducing throughout this um that we we talk about um on on the day-to-day um so yeah it's not canon we're nothing's going to be a follow-up from something else but you may hear something to the story in four or five months from now or even a week or two from now and you might like next week we're talking rick and morty spoilers um, but we probably won't talk about Rick and Morty again until maybe September. So it it doesn't it doesn't um, it doesn't have a an endpoint. It's just it's a continuation of men just being men talking, but it's never the same thing. Yeah, and Ryan, you ready? Yeah, go for it. Also, with the design, we so we 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 put in there it's not canon, as in like it's a canon firing, and you know what I'm saying you got some your bomb blast, so it'll go like. Right, take us out. 